Your afternoon pick me up is here. Turn on, turn on. There you go. This is Dua Lipa. Hi, this is Ed Sheeran. What's going on, guys? It's Post Malone. It's Arvo's. Yeah. Three till five daily. You're on Energy Groove Radio. We're live around the world from energy-groove.com. On TuneIn and iHeartRadio, my name's Brad, and I'm joined by uh, the very talented Nick and Stu from Setmo, Sydney's most, I guess, prolific and photogenic electronic music <laughs> <Yeah>. duo. <laughs> Thanks. I'll take that. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on Arvo's today. Now, you guys are almost celebrating one year since you released your album, Surrender. Um, how does it feel having it one year old almost? We're actually talking about this in the studio yeah. today and just how like in some ways it seems like a long time ago, but mm. in other ways not so long. But so much has just happened since then. You know, when we put out the album, we never played live before. We'd only DJed for the last 10 years, but now we've spent the last 12 months touring a live show. So that's been a big change and a super exciting, like, new world to step into. Yeah. Um, it and must have been a learning curve there. A massive one. Yeah, it was a really big progression. It was kind of like as we were finished, so we finished the album and about October, yeah, um, 2018, mm-hmm. before the release, and then we were like, okay, we need to figure out how to perform this live, having never done that before. So it was, yeah, it was a really, really big learning curve on pretty much every front you can imagine. Um, because, like, you know, we're not a band. There's just two of us. We're a duo, and we wanted it to be like a live electronic performance. There's no one way of doing it. You can do it a million ways. So it's figuring out how live we wanted to be and what instruments we wanted to have and whether it was like more stuff in the box or hardware synths or, and yeah, it was just, we dived down the rabbit hole and. Came out the other side, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We probably made it not harder for ourselves than we needed to, but we just made, like we We, set the bar pretty high. We set a really high standard. We kind of finished one iteration of the show after about three months and then scrapped it, went back to the drawing board and built another one. Why did you scrap it? What I, was going on? I think we we either went and saw someone live, or we were talking about this yesterday. Yeah. We listened to Daft Punk alive. Yeah, yeah, it was that, and it was like, oh, that was the greatest show ever. And it's you know when they've got so much music, you can really play with it and break the typical arrangements of the tracks and mm. basically do whatever you want because it's your music and your show. And so we went. We don't have to present it so linearly. Let's. Let's get really creative with it and go crazy and do exactly what we want. And we did that and are really happy with how it turned out. So, yeah, it yeah. was definitely worth all that work. Yeah. Now, I guess, um, how did you feel going into having this album? You know, this album was in the works for quite some time, right? Mm, yeah. Um, because you dropped many singles before that. So we just kind of, so leading into the album in the the year before, so in 2018, we dropped yeah. a track a month. Right. Every month. Yeah. So then there was, we'd put out 11 in, in that year. And then um, at the beginning of last year, we put out the album, which was all 11 tracks plus five new ones. So it was a 16 track right. album, which is a lot of music. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is a lot of music. So do you integrate every track from the album into the live show? Like, is that how that rolls? I think or? we had. In Every th- yeah, in our headline show, yeah, something. we dropped maybe one or two. Yeah, and I'm always curious. Um, how do you integrate the people that feature on particular tracks into the live show? Do you bring them along with you, or um, how does that work? That would be a logistical nightmare yeah. because we had <laughs> every track features a different vocal. I mean, we'd love to do that, and where it makes sense, we've tried to do that. You know, okay. if we're in someone's hometown, we'll try and get them involved. But we figured the best solution for us was to get a male singer and a female singer to cover 
all those different parts. So right. yeah. yeah. Yeah, we found two amazing vocalists who were like really versatile and could kind of stay true to the record in the way that like that vocalist had sung it and it was intended. So Yeah, we nice. need, we needed to, they had to be like quite broad with their style and how they could sing and everything. So it was it was tricky, but that was a pretty quick thing to find, I think. Yeah. Like that was a, a surprisingly easy piece of the puzzle. I think because, you know, artists who are singers have a particular like sound and style, but if you find people who are more session musicians or have worked with a lot of different musicians and done backing vocals and stuff, they often have that experience that they can mm. really flex in different ways. and They're a bit more flexible. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And tell us about how you've gone about getting your, I guess, collaborations together for some of the tracks on the album. The album features uh, Asta as well as uh, Tandy Phoenix and uh, Woods as well. The majority of the tracks on the album with featureless, with feature vocalists at least, were mainly just friends. Okay. Um, There was definitely a bunch of tracks we wrote with people where it was just like a session got teed up, but most of those features, so Asta and Woods and Tandy Phoenix, Mm -hmm. they're all just friends of ours who we'd known through music and playing shows and festivals around the place. Yeah, the kind, the kind of people you see and you're like, we need to get in the studio together and then doing the album was a good excuse to yeah. finally make that happen. So Yeah. We've been yeah. saying that for a year. We should actually do <laughs> yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And is it is it um, as easy as it seems, just getting someone in the studio and immediately there's a vibe, there's a click and it's working? Um, um, or does I, it take a little time to actually get those, get that... Uh, the track nutted out in terms of working with our friends half the legwork's done because you know each other and there's a like a personal connection already which is kind of probably the hardest thing to um to create in a off-the-cuff session with someone you haven't met before yeah because you have to you know you've got to get on the same level kind of conceptually emotionally all those things and it's like what are you about what am i about what music do you like okay and it's like we, we described we did a, a writing trip around europe where we did uh, I can't even remember exactly how many, but it felt like maybe 20 different sessions with different people. Yeah. And it just felt like speed dating. Wow. Because you're like... <laughs> it really is. Every day it's like new scene. Hi, I'm Nick. Hi, I'm Stu. What are you like? Oh, let's play wow. some music. Let's... Yeah. So it's... Uh, that sounds that, exhausting. That is yeah. like half the legwork. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but it's exciting. So yeah, that's, that's definitely the hardest bit, I yep. would say. And then writing the track, it varies a fair bit. Sometimes like Fault Lines, we wrote that in... Two hours with these two, two guys in hours, Amsterdam, yeah. which wow. is insanely fast. But then, other and we've ones, literally never seen them again. <laughs> yeah, we were like, it was. It was <laughs> do it they was, know the songs out? Like, yeah. uh, <laughs> Maybe. Do we need to speak to our lawyer? No. <laughs> yeah, they're aware. It was. Great. It was one of those situations where, yeah, like it got teed up. We were in Amsterdam at the end of this writing trip, and this was like the last session we had, and we went to this dude's studio, met them and we had meetings that afternoon. So we were like, guys, we don't have much time. Let's just see what happens. Mm. And I think as soon as most of the tracks that have done really well in terms of like we're happy with how they turned out, were written quickly because there was no pressure on the process. So this we were like, let's just have a jam. If we get a song, we get a song. If we don't, no worries. Right. And it just came so quickly. And we, mm. we even laid down the vocals and it wasn't the most amazing recording. We're like, it's all right, we'll track final vocals later. We got to go, but thank you. And then we actually, the singer on that is a guy from the States, from Nashville, and we got him to re-sing everything and send it over and it just didn't sound quite as magic as the first time he recorded it, yeah. which is often the case. And yeah, then, it's been the case on a few of our tracks. Yeah. Why yeah. is that? There, is it because certain, there's something about a moment or yeah, what? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, exactly, that's what it is. exactly what it is. It's like we, we collaborate with people the same way every time where we go in with nothing. So like it's okay. about it's about 
meeting the person, getting to know the person and then creating something together like entirely from scratch. And that that's all aspects of the song, like the instrumentation, deciding on the chord progressions and then a lyrical concept. And so that like it's a truly collaborative process, which is why I think it's the, the recordings we get on the day are as as good as they are mm. because the that emotion's is, just so fresh and raw. Yeah. And then sometimes if you're trying to re-sing it, I think they're focusing too much on the performance and not the feeling we're not in the room, whatever it could be. But I think it's happened on like three or four tracks of yeah. ours now that we've ended up like the final vocals you hear on the track are demo vocals that yeah, recorded scratch vocals. on you the can day. Hear the track through the headphones if you if you solo the vocals and everything like they studio wise they don't sound great, but <laughs> they work on the track and no one seems to notice. So, is there a particular track we should be listening out for now? <laughs> there, so, white dress. Okay. There's a word cut in half. Is there? Yep. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, because we the the recording like that that take was cut short for whatever reason. Right, and but the, it was the best one. And at the very end in the outro, um, yeah, Dennis or Dutch Duke the singer is kind of whispering this baby, baby, uh, and you can actually, if you listen very carefully, hear the bleed of his headphones because he just had them cranked and he was just mm. kind of ad libbing, but. It all made it in there. Yeah. Well, there you go. There's yeah. a certain magic source about mm-hmm. music, isn't mm-hmm. there? So, so the hot takeaway <laughs> is whenever you're tracking demo vocals, just get the best recording you can. Yeah, because yeah. that might be the best. Yeah, that, that is going to be it. Yeah. <laughs> um, tell us about the title track, Surrender. Um, that's quite special because it has a sample uh, yeah. from Brian Eno. Is that correct? Yeah. He's been a big inspiration for us, I think, over our like musical careers. And his music is amazing. It's like some of his... Um, down-tempo ambient stuff is like got us through more flights touring than anything else. (laughs) But more than anything, just like his ethos and outlook on music and creativity and life, I think is just something that really resonates with us. And we're just watching videos on YouTube and that particular spoken word bit, which is on the track Surrender, was just kind of him answering questions in this like monologue style and it just really resonated and we kind of ripped it, put it in, and then we're like, oh, I don't know if we'll ever be able to get this cleared. But then at the 11th hour when it was like the track was literally being sent off to mixing, we finally heard back from his management and they were like, Brian's into the track. He just wants us if you could just turn this word up. And um, and then, yeah, he's cool for you to use it. Wow. Yeah, that's exactly what we said. That's Wow. <laughs> we were like, really? Okay. Oh, he didn't ask for anything more. He so we, we offered him a split and he was like, it feels like this split's too generous. Okay. So I'll take less. Yeah. And we were okay, like, Brian Eno. Okay, yeah. Brian Eno. It, it was amazing. It was <laughs> kind of, it, it was really like the, that specific, the whole monologue resonated with us, but like that specific part um, highlighted the, the new approach to music we had entering the album writing phase where we'd kind of just done singles before that. And we were always worried about kind of commercial viability or what other people are going to think or does this sound like us or all these other questions that, got in the way of the actual creating of the music mm. and then entering that um i guess that phase nick and i went away for uh just shy of two weeks in the country and started this um the first of many writing trips and we just went let's just write music any music like we wrote a, a kind of dub reggae track out there and some other weird stuff but it was just like it was the the moment where we decided to surrender and just let whatever came like came out of the fingers on the piano or whatever it might be just happen and it was a really exciting i think as songwriters and artists it was a really exciting moment for us a really like definitive moment in the in the journey of yeah. setmo yeah oh huge turning point 
certainly sounds like you, it developed you as artists. Massively. Yeah. 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 Um, now, the remix album is coming out this Friday. Yeah. Yes. That's very exciting. It's a it nice is. way to, I guess, celebrate an anniversary, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, we, we kind of finished it up at the end of last year and we're trying to figure out when to put it out and we figured this week makes sense because it mm. yeah, marks the one-year anniversary of the album. Uh, tell us about what we can expect to hear. Uh, are these all remixes done by yourselves or are there remixes of other from other artists that are on there? So the majority of them are from other artists. I think yeah. 14 or 13 of them are from other artists. Okay. We did um, an After Dark mix, which is like when we do the slightly clubbier stuff, there's a reprise on there. So we took a song and just kind of stripped all the drums and put some nicer pianos and stuff behind it. Mm-hmm. And then Stu's done a cheeky little UK ravey remix. which Have is you? It's yeah. one of my favourites on the album, actually. It's oh, great. I like to hear that. <laughs> um, and then the majority of the rest are actually just a, a lot of our peers, like friends who we know again and admire and a mixture of, you know, people who are well-established and then people who are more up-and-coming who we've been like just following yeah. kind of in the background. Um, really similar to how we created the originals actually. It's like we don't necessarily work with other producers all that often. Um, we feel like we've got that base covered and we mm. haven't found the sessions particularly fruitful, but it was finally a way for us to – to like let them have their spin on our stuff or like, yeah, just people we've respected and admired and hung out with for years to yeah. jump in. And How is it hearing your own work touched by someone else? It's mad. It's great. Chopped up and changed. We love it. You like it? Yeah. We love it. It's great. And you're always surprised. Like there was ones on there who, not that we didn't have high expectations, but ones where, you know, you thought you were going to get a certain thing and then we got something else back and it was completely different but like amazing and we loved it. Yeah. Or... I oh, know it's it's just it's always an exciting moment when you open that email and you download that file and you're like, what are we going to get? Yeah, because yeah. there's there's no rules with the remix. They can they can we we never give them guidance or like very rarely if if it's anything, it's just a nudge in a certain direction. But like we're like, do what you want with this. Have yeah. have fun. Like we want your interpretation of it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, mm. it must be very very exciting. Um, what in your opinion makes a good remix? Because there's a lot out there. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what, you know, ticks your boxes when you're listening to either your favourite artists or your own songs getting remixed? It's a good question. It's, I mean, it's so subjective. We've kind of, like, we started out doing remixes mm-hmm. um, before we could do original tracks. You know, you need you need a bit of a framework to jump on before you know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and we've copped the, this is amazing and also... Yeah, this isn't what we're expecting. So, like, yeah. I, I think that's why we're so open with just letting people do what they do. So, like, sure. there's no right or, you know, like, yeah. I, I don't know what one person thinks is a bad remix, everyone else might think is amazing. So it's Well, I guess the approach which we often take is we'll just take one strong element and often that's the vocal if we're remixing a vocal track mm. and then try and write something new around it. Mm. So you want to... You want to kind of stay true to, the, true to the original in the regard that, you know, people can hear the song and go, oh, that's this song, but then it's mm. a completely new spin on it. Are you surprised at some of the elements that people use from your own tracks that um, they use as the focal point of the remix? Um, because, as you said, like some remixes you're like, oh, I totally recognise this track, but then other remixes of it you go, oh, okay, that's interesting. They didn't even you know, use the, the most recognisable mm, yeah, part. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Yeah, I mean, that's happened. 
that, that has happened. There's there's tracks on the album that there's some that are almost just like they may as well be new original tracks because they've just sampled like a tiny little thing and then written something new around it. But that's also kind of a cool yeah. interpretation yeah. because you know they there was obviously something they heard in those stems that they're like that and that inspired <laughs> a completely new song. So yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. And I think a good a cool one as well is just when you hear vocals we've obviously worked on them for so long and there's an arrangement of a verse chorus structure whatever it is and then sometimes people completely flip that like there's um one of the tracks on the album near has been remixed by this uk artist called kidnap who we're a big fan of and he kind of the main vocals he used in fact i think the only vocals he used are bvs Right. So they're all backing vocals. So it's all these like softly sung bits and pieces and then there's no lead vocal on the whole track. (laughs) But he's kind of obviously pumped up those backing vocals to make them the lead. But Yeah. He he used the same lead but then changed the progression. Hmm. So like you get this new emotion from a track that still feels very familiar, especially for us, but like it – it just does something at the drop where it's like, oh, a new progression and a completely new feeling and we've been playing it out and then flipping it back into the original and it's just such a nice – it's really nice when someone hears that different – that thing and they're like, oh, but the chord should do this instead. And you're like, I didn't think of that, but that's that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Now it's dropping this Friday. Um, what are the plans around the release? Are you guys doing anything special for it? Um, maybe we'll probably get lunch, go to the pub, uh, have a few beers. <laughs> um, well, yeah, obviously all the tracks are coming out because I think there's maybe three or four that are out so far and then yep. all yes. the, the other 13 are dropping all together on Friday. And then over the next coming weeks, we're going to kind of sh- showcase different artists from the album okay. and whether that be our relationship with them and how we've known them for a long time or what their creative process is. I kind of just dive into that a little bit more. Mm. Okay. Awesome. And it's out digitally. Uh, is there any plans for a physical of this one? Or? I don't think we're going to press it to vinyl. Yeah. Um, still got a few vinyls of our actual album, so we've got to move them first. Okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> got a business to run. I understand. <laughs> now you guys are also, uh, I guess you have a few shows um, coming up as part of the For the Love Festival. Yes. Um, kicking off in Melbourne on Feb 15. Yep. That's it. Going to pull that out of the sky. Yeah, that date. <laughs> um, tell us about what people can expect from, from this set. We've got an exciting year ahead and this will probably be one of the last times you'll see this iteration of the live show. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think the show is going to be amazing because we've been touring this version of the show for the last 12 months. So like we've ironed out all the creases, the show's feeling good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It feels good. We played a few festivals kind of towards the end of last year and we're feeling great and like for the love We've done before in Melbourne, but it's the first time they're doing it nationally. Yeah. And it's just like a it's a good vibe. There's great artists on it this year. So Yeah, you're in good company as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, playing with a bunch of friends. We've got Hayden James and Safia and yeah, yeah it's gonna be great. I'm actually can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. Um and for those who haven't seen this iteration of the show, can mm-hmm. you just give us a quick snapshot as to what to expect? So it's Stu and I on stage. Banging away on bits of gear. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Playing some synths, hitting some drum Drums, pads. Uh, got a few little MIDI controls and effects panels and stuff. Yeah. And then, yeah, we've got the two vocalists who come out. But the way we designed the set, and this was what Stu was referring to earlier, um, is like the so the music goes for 45 minutes in this festival set, but yep. the music stops three times or mm. twice 
Like yeah. the music just keeps going. We really tried to morph one song into another and use elements from different bits and pieces. So like mm. it keeps the energy up. And we took that kind of from our background DJ and just like, as I said before, we're not a band. So it's not like we play one song, it finishes, talk a bit, play the next song. We really wanted to keep that energy high and also just present the songs in a new and interesting way. Um, and I suppose, yeah, as you mentioned, that would be testament to your DJ background. Yeah. Yep. Um, I guess with keeping energy up at a gig, especially a festival, mm-hmm. that would be quite important for yes. artists to do that. Yeah. How long did it take you guys to cut your teeth reading the room and gaining those skills to be able to get the flow of, of your set happening? I oh. think, I mean, it, it all comes back to the DJing. Like it's what we mm. started doing before we were making music. It's how we met. We've been doing it for over 10 years each now and it's like we've been thankful enough to play a bunch of festivals doing DJ sets Mm. and so we've had a a fair bit of experience seeing how certain things work and don't work and like when you should introduce a lull and how much of a lull that should be. So I guess we just drew on that and we kind of went, okay, what's going to be the maddest Setmo mixtape we can make and then how (laughs) do we put that on instruments and play that live? Great. Yeah, that was kind of the approach and we feel like we've, you know, there are a few different versions before we decided on one but we feel like the one we've got is pretty cool. Yeah, Yeah. it's felt great playing it out live, Yeah, especially at festivals. I don't think people appreciate just how much, uh, I guess, time and effort and rehearsal goes into getting a show um, to the point where it's completely flawless and ready for an audience. Yeah, yeah. especially when you're studio music, musicians like that. Yeah. <laughs> the, the rehearsal and like even just I think confidence on stage is a big one. You know, we can we can DJ with our eyes closed on stage now mm. and it's kind of like being in front of a crowd doesn't necessarily scare us, but as soon as you've got that that risk that if I if I miss that key, they're all gonna know. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. that that if was we really stop exciting. Playing, yeah. There's gonna just be a kick drum. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At so, least they'll know you're live. So. Yeah. Well, that so that, <laughs> that yeah. was the idea. That was the idea. We're, if yeah. if we couldn't play, it would sound like shit. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. yeah. I love it. All right. So you guys are touring around the country as part of For the Love. What else is coming up in 2020 for you guys? We're supporting our friends Crooked Colours. Oh, really? Around the yep. country. Sweet. Yes, yeah, so that tour is in April and May. Okay, yeah. And looking forward to that. We're good friends with those guys, and they're, they're doing just some been, big rooms. Yeah, yeah. They've been killing it the last couple of years. It's been awesome to watch them grow. Um, so looking forward to touring with them and playing. But other than that, there's a few little DJ sets here and there, but it's mainly mm-hmm. just studio time. Yeah. It's felt like too long since we've been in there. We did a couple of remixes towards the end of last year, mm. but now we're just really excited and feeling super inspired to get in there and write new original music. Mm. Well, I'm just curious um, before we let you go, what is like you say you go into the studio, you guys obviously have your own studio, yeah, mm-hmm. that you work from. What does a typical working day look like for you guys? Well, we get in there and we have a mushroom coffee first. Yeah, <laughs> which is legal. Yeah, yeah. It, legal doesn't, it doesn't sound legal. No, it doesn't sound legal. That's <laughs> why I thought I need to clarify. <laughs> um, that's yeah. That's kind of what we start with, and then well, typically we're we're pretty organized guys, so we'll have some sort of agenda, right. yeah, and a to do list to attack. It depends what the main focus is. If we're writing, if we're writing on a day, there's no admin until we're done writing, which means maybe no admin that day. Right. So sorry, everyone whose emails we don't write back to. Yeah. But, um, you know, we really try and separate the two. Uh, so, but we're, we're generally in there kind of Tuesday to Friday, 10 till five ish. So kind of full time hours. I mean, Mm. when there's two of you and Nick's a, Nick's a new dad. So 
there's a few more things on his plate now, so we gotta <laughs> gotta um, you know, keep keep some routine, which is really good, I think, because it means when you're having an off day, you can't just piss off and mm. go home. You know, we kind of keep each other accountable, and it means we're always getting something done, whether yeah. it's writing music or not. So, yeah. And Nick, being a new dad, yes. um, your daughter was born basically the same time as Surrender. Yep. Um, when that was released last year. Yes. How has being a father changed your attitudes towards what you do with Setmo and um, music in general? Um, well, I think even broader than that, having a kid just forces you to like really focus on what's most important to you because you yeah. just have a lot less hours in the day to, you know, for free time to do whatever you want. So mm. whatever those things are that really matter to you, you just devote your time to that because there isn't much time for other stuff, to be honest. So it's been it's it's been great for us. As she was saying, it's like we're both accountable. I feel like our producti- uh, productivity has been pretty good and we've just been like also just feeling inspired from all the touring and having the music out there. It kind of just leads you to want to do more of that. So mm-hmm. it's it's been exciting and it's plenty of life experience to draw from. Yeah, yeah. We've both had kind of like really big years or even like more like the last 18 months both personally and like professionally. So we're feeling super excited about like writing this new stuff and having all those like creative juices and inspiration behind us. Brilliant. Yeah. Nick and Stu, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Congratulations on Surrender and I look forward to hearing Surrender the remixes out this Friday. Mate, thank, thank you very you. much. Arvos, three till five daily.